other. Hi, half of Megan's face. Well, I'm doing it again, aren't I? Meggy side eye. <laughs> I, I assume you do it on purpose. You only want to look at me with your left eye. This is my good side, Amber. Oh, I, yeah. Okay. It's very important visually that you only get my good side. Hold on. Let me adjust so that you can see my good side. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Those are your breasticles, Amber. Like I said. Mm, fair. They're very good breasticles, Amber. I mean, variety is the spice of life. What I'm saying is they're two different sizes. Ah, oh, I see. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which makes them very good. That is very good. They're they're unique in every way. Two cup sizes, no waiting. Yeah, excellent. Eh, that's how. That's how. The you know that's how it is for most people. <laughs> oh, I know. Listen, I'm I, I'm lucky. It's just like two. Like I'm lucky. It's just like one. You know, mm -hmm. you're looking at like the A B B C C D situation. Right. Yeah. You know, but like I I could just as easily have been like an A D. That's not common, but that would be hard. It's hard to fill a shirt with an AD. Yeah, it is. There is a website, and now I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's just, it's just, it's people with breasts, and it's just their breasts, and it's like all different breasts, and the whole idea is like, hey, look, it's not porn, and it's not like the, these are people, and they have breasts, and look, Breasts aren't always perfect. They aren't always perky. They are all, aren't always the same size. It's just, I can't remember the name of that website. I can't either, uh, but anyway. it, there was something just so reassuring about, and they, a lot of people kind of had like little blurbs kind of about yes, yeah, like how they okay, felt yeah, about yeah. them. And, yep. and it was, it was just, it was, it was non-sexualized and it was just like, mm -hmm. it was a place where women could go and look at other people's breasts and have those people talk about the fact that like, yeah, I am comfortable with my body and mm -hmm. this is good and this is normal. And if I want to feel attractive, this is also attractive to my partners of whichever gender. Like it's, right. there is no right way to have boobs. And right. most importantly, they are not gravity-defying, perfectly formed, completely symmetrical lumps of pseudo-flesh. Like, they right. are. <laughs> exactly. There was, there was something so reassuring about that. And, and I want this to be clear. Sure, I think about boobs all the time. Uh -huh. But I bring this up specifically because there is something to be said by seeing different body types in media just right up there saying, Hey, hey. This is good, too. There's not right. just one way to be a woman or an right. action star. Mm -hmm. Oh, Amber, what did you do? Oh, man. Oh, I made a connection. Yeah. Oh, look at me not just being random. <laughs> Beautiful, Amber. Ah. Amber, we watched Spy this time. I fucking love Spy. God I, damn, I love this movie. I, I know you do. That's, that felt a little judgy. Are you judging me right now? No, no. I just, you were you were very determined last time we recorded that the next thing we were doing was Spy. And here we are doing Spy. I really wanted to watch Spy. I I know. It's and fantastic. then we did watch Spy. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting used to getting what I want. Oh, dear. This is, this is bad precedent. Probably not going to be a problem moving forward. Megan. Uh-huh. Please, provide yes. us with... Your best description of the opus that is Spy. Okay. Well, here we go, Amber. Um, I'm going to take a page from what I like to call um, movie summaries by um, Amazon. And uh, this one, Spy, 2015, 
is summarized by saying, Melissa McCarthy is armed and hilarious in this action-packed comedy about a desk-bound CIA analyst who's about to become the world's newest and unlikeliest secret weapon. Oh, geez. Oh, oh, wow. Pretty great, huh? I'm sorry, what's hilarious but deadly? Uh, armed and hilarious, Amber. Armed and hilarious. Oh, 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 it's like being armed and dangerous or armed and fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's armed and hilarious. Whew. Um, um, this n- another one is uh, from IMDb. A desk-bound CIA analyst volunteers to go undercover to infiltrate the world of deadly of a deadly arms dealer and prevent diabolical <laughs> global disaster. <laughs> Ooh, bonus points for diabolical. Diabolical global disaster. Yes, I want diabolical to be in more movie blurbs. Uh Because oftentimes what's happening is diabolical. Yeah, it's true. I feel like most real world world situations are rarely easily characterized as diabolical. I feel like the movies are really one of the few places where we can point at that and say, God damn, Travolta, that's fucking diabolical. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, there have been a handful of times when I've watched you do something and thought, God damn, Megan, that is fucking diabolical. Can you give me an example? Mostly just watching you play violent video games. That, um, I suppose. I'm sure there are other, other instances. I'm just not thinking of them right now because they were so diabolical that I think I've repressed. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Plus, I'd have to kill you if you, you know, put it up on the air. (laughs) I mean, and it would firmly place me in accessory Mode, yes exactly the very least after the fact but if i watched you do it it's kind of present the fact yeah good point anywho mm-hmm. do, do you want to add your two cents about this desk bound analyst i suppose i could add a little bit um yeah i mean so um melissa mccarthy's playing Su- susan cooper who's the person in the chair as they say in um the new spider-man movie so the person who like gives the spy you know, does all the like computer work and figures out where people are. And like, she's literally like has heat sensor cameras for, um, it's a uh, Jude law playing the, the actual spy guy. Um, she tells him like when to turn around, when to duck, like she's doing the shit. Oh yeah. No, no. His, his job is nothing without her giving him the layout of everything, telling him where everybody is and calling in drone strikes when he, when think when shit gets too hot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, she is she is essential, but oddly underappreciated. Very underappreciated. Yeah, um, he, he he gives her like, and she seems to be kind of infatuated with him, which is kind of too bad. But, kind of, kind okay, of very very with infatuated with him. To be fair, yes, you're right. Super um, awkwardly infatuated with him. Yeah, I didn't really like that part. I just don't like, it's too awkward for me. It's not my kind of part. I don't think that's funny. It just makes me feel like I wish I wasn't watching it. It was, like, those scenes were the hardest to watch in the beginning of the movie with, you know, her interactions with him in his ear and then at that dinner. The dinner was roof. Yeah. was real roof. Yeah. They, (laughs) um, yeah, they're they're trying to find this nuclear weapon. Um, The mission goes off, uh, uh, Jude Law makes it out okay. They don't actually recover the nuclear weapon. Um, but uh, then he takes her out to dinner and he gives her a cupcake necklace because, you know. With an adjustable toggle. With an adjustable Chekhov's toggle, Amber. That's correct. 
Um, but then Amber, uh, on the next mission, Melissa McCarthy says this, you know, it, it's laid out before them and it, it just seems too simple. And she, she's a bad feeling about it. And Jude Law still goes on the next mission and he gets murderfied in front of her eyeballs. By none other than Rose mm-hmm. Byrne playing yes. the daughter of the Bulgarian arms dealer yes. that Jude Law originally confronted in the first mission and summarily right. shot in a whoopsie kind of way. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, and so and so this is where the point in which uh, Melissa McCarthy steps from behind the desk um, because... Rose Byrne apparently has a, a, a knowledge of every single active CIA member. So um, because Melissa McCarthy's behind the desk, they think they don't know her face. And so now she's going to uh, essentially both recover the um, weapon and revenge Jude Law. Indeed. You've got Alice and Jenny playing the boss. Alice and Jenny. Yep. So mm-hmm. good. You've got Miranda Hart. Yes. playing um, a, a fellow in-the-ear analyst uh, slash friend slash later kind of buddy to, you know, in-the-field buddy to Melissa McCarthy. Uh, you have Jason Statham <laughs> yes. as another field agent playing a parody of himself. And one of the reviews I read was basically like, after this, this is all Statham should do because it was so good. It's fair. It's it's fantastic, Amber. Uh, it w- oh, we get into that. Oh, but yeah, basically, it uh, just becomes a, a wild romp through Europe, chasing a very portable nuclear weapon, is our MacGuffin in this movie, and trying to unravel something of some intriguey plot, but it's not that intriguey. Mostly, it's just a backdrop for just some fucking hilarious jokes, interactions, feminisms. Like, it's just fun. And, yeah, it is. And crude and lewd mm-hmm. and, like, just just the right level of violent for me. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Which is a pretty high level of violence, let's be clear. Uh, if that's not your thing. Yeah. Let's talk about the critics, Megan. Okay, Amber. What did uh, Metacritic give this movie? The critics gave it a 75 in total. In fact, there was only one negative review. Huh. So ordinarily, we would not be like, oh, fuck you, critics, and, and watch this movie in protest. But... Mm-hmm. The motherfucking Metacritic users have it at 50. Boo. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. The tomato meter on this one is 95 for the critics and, <laughs> se- and 78 for the audience score. Exactly. So, you know, Rotten Tomatoes knows what's up. I mean, yeah, most of the reviews were positive, And I feel like Rotten Tomatoes kind of skews a little bit higher if... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The... This is very entertaining action comedy that is female-driven. Yeah. Yes. Like, it doesn't need the Bechdel test because it is the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, men are in it, but almost there to make it clear that they are unnecessary to the film itself. <laughs> yes. Jason Statham specifically. <laughs> will just come in, fall down, and then not be in the scene for the mm-hmm. rest of the time. A.O. Yeah. Scott gave it an 80, so I can't be mad at him about this one. Mm-hmm. But the user, 50, 50. I mean, generally speaking, the user and critical reviews are relatively close, except in the instances of the movies that we watch, where usually right. the user scores are higher than the movies as they're reviewed. Right. So I don't know, because we don't usually watch like really well-scored movies, if this is kind of a usual dichotomy, you know, 
critics mm-hmm. will give it a really high score, audiences will flock to it, and more people will see it who wouldn't ordinarily have liked it. Right, and therefore it gets lower reviews for the audience. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad hypothesis ever. I can't, I cannot help but wonder, mm-hmm. in the face of user scores being so low for a movie that was so well critically reviewed, is it because they're women? Right, yeah, it's a good question. I'm not going to do the research, I'm not going to do the comparison study, but... I like that's a pretty big disparity. Mm-hmm. That's well, I mean, the, points right there. I mean, one one thing you could say is uh, that happened with the new Ghostbusters movie. Big Super time. weird, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. a great movie, but the critics liked it okay, and the audience was like, "Burn in hell!" Right. I thought it was really fun. We should do that next. Okay, yeah, let's do that next. It, it, it was. I mean, it is there. With that one particularly, people can feel like they're bad touching their childhood because, of course, the Ghostbusters of yore were men, and, and, and therefore right. you were disrespecting the memory of right. those Ghostbusters yeah, by giving the new ones vaginas. It. Oh my good lord. Mm-hmm. Yep, ruins everything. So, critics, good on you. You're right. Mm-hmm. This bitch is a gem. Users, Come on. Go, go to hell. I don't I don't understand what your problem is. This is just a funny, silly, ridiculous movie. To, I, oh, I don't like crude humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not true. You love sausage parties, so fuck you. Yeah, motherfuckers. Y'all love crude humor. Like mm-hmm. Seth Rogen wouldn't exist if you didn't love crude humor. You don't like crude humor that comes from women. Generally speaking, yes. Yes, they do not. Women are not supposed yeah. to be crude. When women are crude, it's just gross. Yeah. Inappropriate. Be a yeah. lady. Mm-hmm. So we did spy, mainly because I wanted to, and partially because uh, how, 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 how can you watch this movie and be like, I hate you and I'm going to write a review? It's just rude, Amber. There were almost as many purely negative reviews as purely positive reviews. Yeah. And almost no neutral reviews from users. Yeah. And I will say, so both mostly on the user side but there were a couple on the the small percentage of bad reviews for the critics on rotten tomatoes mentioned um melissa mccarthy's weight and how it was ridiculous that she was able to keep up with these other folks because she shouldn't be able to run it's like well all right I, are you just I'm, being i'm sorry fat people can't run is that what they're saying i, I guess fat people can't run and fat people can't be spies amber awesome just Mm -hmm. just awesome sauce yeah yeah yeah, no and so it's it's really stupid to then have a plus size actor take Mm -hmm. on this role because of course i mean it's not like we ever see any plus size male actors take on roles that are ultimately ludicrous and ridiculous for them to be doing Mm -hmm. Um, whereas in mccarthy's case in this movie pretty sure all those things super physically possible yeah yep Anyway, and no that was more just impossible gross. than the things that non-plus size male actors have stuntmen do for them. Right, exactly. We're not There's... like those fucking body types can't do it either. They have other humans do those things. Right. Plus, even those stunt folks aren't necessarily doing the things they're doing in the movie because it's also either CGI or set up to do the specific thing. Because most of these movies are pure fiction. Motherfucker. Dear oh God. My. You know, I, it's 
It's funny. My, 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 there's a sale at some sort of like online outdoor clothing retailer and, you know, TJ was, you know, going over it with my mom to see if there's anything she wanted. And he was like, if there's anything you want, I was like, oh no, according to those retailers, people my size don't go outdoors mm-hmm. or need clothes because of course we have our own insulation and we certainly don't exercise. So why would we need high performance athletic clothes? Yeah. Or anything that looks nice. We'll wear the shit that they make for us and say thank you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so any hoozles. Yeah, uh so critics, uh you're right. Audience, pick it up. Come on. Come on. Amber, how did uh Amber why didn't they get the nuclear weapon right in the beginning of the movie? You know, it it's just not super clear to me. Things were going so well. Movie opens, typically. You have Jude Law wearing a tux at a fancy party. Just Straight up 007-ing this bitch, but with an American accent, because this is the CIA people. Because, question mark, question mark. Yeah, especially since Uh, Jason Statham and Miranda Hart both keep their accents. Right, (laughs) no reason. (laughs) Most McCarthy is the only, like, American in this movie. (laughs) It's very amusing to me. Anyway. He, He works his way through the party. He slips into the back room. He finds the bad guy. And they have their show off, showdown. Bad guy's like, ha-ha, my extremely portable nuclear device that could be moved into any city undetectably. You'll never find it because when I hit it, I had somebody kill the hiders. And then I killed the killers of the hiders. And Bradley Cooper's like, well, we'll just see about choo-choo. And when he sneezes, he manages to headshot the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you That's... call him Bradley Cooper? Did I say Bradley Cooper? Mm-hmm. Man, weird. Yeah. White guy's a white guy, apparently. Yeah. I mean, his name in the movie is Bradley Fine. Oh, that makes sense then. I could not have told you his character's name in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. And I would also like to say, Ember, just because you said this now, um, that uh, according to IMDb, the main character's names, Bradley Fine and Susan Cooper, reads Bradley Cooper. Whoa. That has been your IMDb trivial. And apparently my brain was already putting that together. Yeah. I was so mad at this piece of trivia, Ebber, that I started an IMDb account to say that I didn't find it interesting. (laughs) You can't just say it's not trivia. It's, and it's not even their first, it's, you combine the guy's first name and Melissa McCarthy's last name, like... And it's just a name of another person who's not in the movie. I don't understand why that's trivia. Maybe it's just like bait trivia. Maybe that's what IMDb's playing at. They want more people to start accounts so they can be like, this is bullshit. Yeah, maybe. And you fell into their trap. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Worth it. <laughs> that's so dumb. <laughs> it's not trivia. Why did anybody even write that down? Oh, dear. All right. So, Amber, he sneezes, eh? He sneezes and shoots the guy. That's when we learn Melissa McCarthy has been in his ear the whole time. We see her. We we cut to her station. She's in a lowly CIA b- basement surrounded by other people on computers, and she's apologizing to Jude Law. Yes. Uh-huh. Not Bradley Cooper. <laughs> because she heard him sniffling earlier, and she should have told him to take his allergy medication. Yeah. Because she'd also, not, and he thought it was in the car, but she'd also put it into his suit jacket, Amber. Oh, she because knows. the pollen count. She knew it was so high. Now we are introduced to the highly competent doormat that is Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. She manages to get him out of there by being the best fucking analyst in the world. And he's, you know, he's no slouch. He can shoot. He can fight. 
Yeah. And then she calls in a drone strike like a badass and uh, saves him. All while being attacked by bats because meanwhile... <laughs> yeah, it, for some reason the running joke is this basement is not only like... I mean, I mean the idea is like they're they're very poorly treated and they are the like very they're the like most important part of this operation is these analysts but like there's bats there's mice like there's just yeah they're always being attacked by something down in that basement Amber. it it amused me it honestly amused me that in the background of melissa mccarthy explaining to jude law how to get out of that building while also kind of flirting with him but like in the awkwardest saddest kind of way so upsetting yeah all of a sudden, you just see in the background, people are, you know, like an exterminator is looking in the ceiling to see if that's where the vermin are. And then all of a sudden, the bats just come streaming out and, and one of them just shrieks, oh, God, the rats can fly. Why is that funny to me? <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know, but it was. I'm glad. I'm really glad it was. Ridiculous. This, of course, leads to the awkward dinner, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm flirting with you, but ultimately also being super self-deprecating about myself. You're so handsome and such a good spy. And he's like, ah, oh, you're such a good friend. Here's some ugly jewelry because you cook cakes for the office, so you must love cakes. Right. And then also, you, of course, you have a cat. Like, it looks like you're getting pink eye. Did you touch the litter box and then touch your eye? She's like, I, 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 I don't, don't, I don't have, I don't I don't have, have a cat. cat. Um, why did, I, like, think why did I think you have a bunch of cats? Huh? And then follows that up with... You should get one. They're good company. <laughs> They're good company. <laughs> it's just something about that line. Yeah. Yeah. So dismissive. Mm-hmm. It gets yeah. us, We it takes 24 minutes of kind of this mm-hmm. to get to the real crux of the movie. So, of course, Bradley Cooper, God damn. <laughs> Jude Law mm-hmm. goes on the ultimately fatal mission. Yes. And Melissa McCarthy witnesses Rose Byrne shooting him in just right. such a good way. Mm-hmm. She's just, Rose Byrne's character, as soon as she shows up, is so in control of the situation. Yes. She's just, it. it's fantastic. Before she shoots him, she's like, you might want to look away, because shit's about to get real sad. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, she knows, like, she's she knows the um, that someone's watching. She knows, yeah, she's got lots of intelligence about the CIA, Amber. Exactly. Which is why we lead to... Alice and Janney and like the other male agents, including Jason Statham, realizing that, okay, we can't send somebody she knows into the field. And then Melissa McCarthy's like, um, I'll go. And they're like, secretary, shut up. She's like, I am an, I'm actually an agent, agent, agent over here can, can do. Jason Statham recommends going into the face-off machine. <laughs> yeah. Just get well, just, face so that he won't be recognized. face-off machine. <laughs> She's like, that doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) And also he keeps using the word cunt. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Yes, he does. Which is (laughs) Alison Janney. I just love watching her be in charge. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And he's like, oh, okay, twat then. (laughs) Exactly. She's like, that's not any better. Not better. I think he then just calls everybody else a vagina. Just he goes straight oh, to he the does, source of it. Just just starts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pretty great. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Amber, so so Jason Statham gets so mad that they're gonna send Melissa McCarthy into the um into the uh, front, whatever, um, that he quits. The front. He's out of there. <laughs> the front, you know. <laughs> front. Don't worry about it, Amber. She's going to war. She's going in. Um he just quits, Amber. Um, but then Alice and Jenny, uh, 
brings Melissa McCarthy into her her office and and shows her a video. Oh, what God, video the, is this, Amber? The video. It is. It's a video clearly of Melissa McCarthy when she was training to become an agent, and it's it, it's at a shooting range, and she just goes feral on the course. It, it, at one point, an instructor comes out to try and subdue her extreme ineffective rage, and he just gets flipped and like face planted on the ground. Do, do you remember what Janie says about this? Because I wrote it the fuck down. Please, Amber, what does she say? Because Melissa McCarthy, while she's watching, she's like, I don't know. Is that is that me? Is that I'm me? Not sure. You, I'm not sure. Because yeah. um, she is, she's like, she is a doormat. Like, she's nice. Yeah. She's helpful. She's soft-spoken. She doesn't speak up for herself. And so Allison Janie says, you know, your demeanor around the office makes it seem like you've never even held a gun before. So color me surprised when I saw this. I must have watched this 15 times because what the fuck? And then you just hear from the video, Cooper, Cooper, Jesus, stop. <laughs> and he's like, I want to put this on YouTube if we weren't the CIA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. So we learned that she's not just a competent analyst. She could have been a field agent. Right. But mm-hmm. when she came out of the academy, Jude Law's character convinced her that she'd be a better, like, in-the-ear analyst. Right. And, and Janie she, is disgusted. Right, right. She's so, Melissa McCarthy is so infatuated with Jude Law that she wanted to just be, you know, this person in the chair, Amber. Mm-hmm. And Alice and Janie's like, that's, male agents are doing that all the time. Like, he sniped you. He knew you had potential. He didn't want you to outshine him. And he knew he you would be an asset to his career. Right. And Alice mm-hmm. and is like, all right, go in the field. Do better. And then she does, Amber. Fantastic wonderful she gets ensconced in the creepiest hotel in paris where jason statham is waiting for her guess what there he is he's on the case even though he's 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 going rogue amber but he's Always still gonna be on rogue. The, yeah <laughs> in the process of going rogue he's basically just following melissa mccarthy around making her life more difficult and just saying the most bizarre brags that sound like outtakes from actual movies that we've watched him in. Crank, Expendables, Mm -hmm. obviously the Fast and the Furious franchise. There are some beauties in there. Yes. The first, like the first foray is, I make a habit of doing things people say I shouldn't do. Walk through fire, water ski blindfolded, take up the piano at a late age. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, just go away, I have this. He's like, I've swallowed enough microchips and shipped them out to build a computer. I watched the woman I love get tossed from a plane, then hit by another plane in midair. This arm was ripped clean off and then reattached with this arm. I once jumped a car from a plane to a train while I was on fire. Not the car, me. (laughs) I'm immune to 179 different poisons. I know because I ingested them all at once in an underground poison ingesting tournament. It's like dogfighting, but instead of humans, but but instead it's humans ingesting poison. Rich people bet on whether or not they'll live or die. (laughs) And like, this is, this feels, and I have no idea, this feels like it was written as if it was just Jason Statham riffing. I mean, that's the feeling of it. And like, he's just talking and like, Melissa McCarthy's almost like, like, that doesn't seem medically possible. Like, she's just kind of, like, commenting, and he's not listening to anything. He's in the middle of his monologue, Amber. He cannot be interrupted by, it's like... so good. 
by truth or facts or questions. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It it goes on for like a solid minute of just him saying nonsense that clearly never happened. That's fantastic. Uh, Oh, even the hotel. Even like, so so the hotel itself, creepy part of town, really disturbing. And just as she's walking down the hall to her room, first you hear just a woman screaming. And then at the next door, you hear quiet sobbing. And then shortly after that, you just hear maniacal laughter. And then a dude just shows up behind her and runs into a wall. Mm -hmm. Yep, (laughs) knocks himself out and is just lying there for the rest of the time. This this movie tickles the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. Melissa McCarthy eventually decides to go rogue. She doesn't want to just observe. She wants to get involved. She thinks she can do more. And so she sees, she she essentially saves Jason Statham. Mm Mm-hmm who is an idiot and gets a bomb put in his backpack. Yes, he does. But then somebody takes a picture of her saving him. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, no, I have to stop him. I've got to follow him. And Miranda Hart's like, oh, (laughs) no. Oh, man. But I'm following you following him. So I'm having quite a day. But I do not condone these sexy but reckless actions. (laughs) Miranda Hart is very good in this. Yes. Oh, God, she's very good. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I think, what else? During the same scene while while Susan is... You know, Melissa McCarthy's character is, is chasing this this photographer. What was it? It's like, oh, it's like when I watched myself in a sex tape, just a bunch of floundering and laughable moments. <laughs> just yeah. good throwaway lines. And of course, mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy kills the shit out of that cameraman. Yeah. Oops, a doozle. Oh, God, that was... That was aggressive. That was an aggressive scene. She corners him, but then the bullets have fallen out of her gun. But don't worry, guys. She doesn't need a gun. Instead, she stabs him with his own knife, mm-hmm. breaks his ankle in half, then yep. kicks him off a balcony where he falls and gets skewered on some rebar. Yes. Then she vomits on him because this freaked her out quite a bit, mm-hmm. drops the knife, which then falls and stabs his corpse in the chest. It's... Yeah. It's gold. Please not on him. Please not on him. <laughs> <laughs> she says of the vomit right before it falls all over him. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It just, they're very solid action scenes in this. Yep. They're very solid comedic scenes in this. Once we get to Rose Byrne, oh, she's such a good villain. She's a very good villain. They make her hair taller and taller every time we see her. Um, and there's, yeah, and she's she's just being terrible. But then Melissa McCarthy essentially like cuddles up to her and... Um, at first kind of pretends to be a nobody, but then pretends to be um, someone that Roseburn's father hired to take care of her. And then the dynamic of their relationship just shifts to Melissa McCarthy just being the biggest dick to her. It's, oh my God. And everyone delightful. around her. It's, mm-hmm. it, she's, you're right. She starts out being like the same doormat character of just, oh, you know, um, saw someone put something in your drink you know Mm -hmm. us girls gotta stick together and she's like oh so someone's put something in your drink before someone tried to roofie you Mm -hmm. first mean girl like she is the perfect mean girl she just says the most scathing things in the perfect way with just this elegance and economy and it's just it's beautiful and yeah and it's it's it does seem like once once the role reversal happens with melissa mccarthy's character like she has to make up a new persona it's it is so hard and so fast into just like even crueler mean girl. She starts yeah. mocking her hair. She starts yeah, mocking. She alphas her real hard. Yeah. Oh, she alphas her so hard, which immediately makes Rose Byrne's character respect her. Yep, 
I apologize if I'm just describing this movie to you people. I, I don't have anything clever to say about it because it is just clever and funny enough in its own right to just watch Rose Byrne and Melissa McCarthy spar and then Melissa McCarthy's character go from, yeah, mouse to just like aggressive alpha, just fuck you, fuck him, yes. fuck everybody, do what I say, something you died on your head. Give me your coat. <laughs> give me your, oh my God. The way she alphas Anton is so funny. Mm-hmm. Rose Byrne, everybody's betrayed her, and she also had all of her bodyguards killed for failing to protect her properly. So she has another one show up after Melissa McCarthy has done her role change and said that Rose Byrne's deceased father hired her to keep her safe. Right. Melissa McCarthy just immediately rips into him. Uh-huh. Yes. Just, just, just rips into him. I believe at some point she threatens to cut off his dick and glue it to his forehead. Yeah, to make him a right. limp dick unicorn. Limp dick unicorn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. finally Rose Byrne is like, okay, Jesus, dial it back. And then he, <laughs> she says to Anton, be more like her. <laughs> 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 and, then, and then later, she, she's just on him again. Anton's looking at her. She's looking at him. What are you staring at? I will destroy you. And after I destroy you, I'll take a picture of it and send it to your mother with a note saying, this is your fault, mom. You did this to me. And then Anton's like, you're so mean. (laughs) And then she takes his fucking coat. Yep. And then she takes his coat. (laughs) He's like, this is a coat for a man. She's like, well, I don't fucking see one wearing it. Give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> she makes him cry. Rose Burns like, leave Anton alone. Mm-hmm. Just lay off of him. Yeah, you need <laughs> he can't handle this. <sighs> yeah. So good. There's the scooter chase scene where she demonstrates she can precision shoot with a handgun while at speed. She winds mm-hmm. up essentially taking out uh, the other female spy at the agency, kind of the only other female fe- field agent that we'd been made aware of. Right. Um, played by Marina Baccarin. Right. Yes. She's a double agent, Amber. Oh, yeah. Marina yeah. Baccarin's character was a double agent. Yeah. Now she's and a dead double agent. Now she's a dead double agent. Yeah. Somebody somebody murders her. And yeah, Melissa Carthy has no idea who. That's true. I mean, yeah. to be fair, Marina Baccarin was about to shoot Melissa McCarthy. Yes. Before true. she got sniped. So well, right. those things may be connected. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Melissa McCarthy, still acting as Rose Byrne's bodyguard, saves her from uh, another assassin, mm-hmm. played by Nargis Fakhri. She is very good with a knife. Yes. They have a fantastic hand-to-hand fight in a kitchen where Nargis Fakhri has, has like essentially a butcher's knife, or just yes. like a really good chef's knife, and Melissa McCarthy is fending her off with a pan. And just hitting her in the head repeatedly. Like that, mm-hmm. good hand-to-hand choreography there. Yes, yes. And she must have had like 14 different concussions. Oh, just absolutely. Cast iron to the head, come on. And she got stabbed through the hand. She did, yeah. Ooh. And Amber, um, uh, just as Melissa McCarthy is about to get stabbed, what happens to Nargis Futri? I believe she gets shot, Megan. <gasps> But by whom? Bradley Cooper. Stop mocking my stupidity. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) 
Jude Law's alive, Amber. Oh my goodness, he's alive? This never happens in movies. I know, and he's with Rose Byrne, so... <gasps> he's, he's also, also a, a double agent? He's a double agent too, Amber. Oh, no. The CIA has a real problem. They are not very good at, like, the two of the uh, uh, ones we... Um, two of the CIA agents we know are double agents. One of them is Jason Statham, who's now quit and also is a bumbling fool. Um, yeah, it's CIA is doing great here. Doing super well. Mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy gets gut. Rose Byrne does a victory lap. She gets, Melissa McCarthy gets locked up with Aldo. There's a very unpleasant scene where Peter Serafinowicz helps her get out of her bonds by essentially kind of assaulting her. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't, I, I didn't love that. No, I didn't. That was unnecessary. Yeah. But then um, Jude Law comes in and kind of uh, tells Melissa McCarthy that he's actually a triple agent. He's cuddled up to um, Rose Byrne in order to figure out where this bomb is. And the only one way he could do that was to uh, become her lover and to um, uh, become fake his own death and become a, a double agent. But really, he's a triple agent. He's still on CIA, I said. Um, so they're all trying to get this MacGuber, which is the nuclear bomb. And um, I don't know that we've even mentioned the fact that uh, Bobby Cannavale is in this movie. He plays like the big bad guy who has the thing and the bomb and the stuff. Yeah, anyway. he's supposed to be like the broker for the sale between Raina, Rose Byrne's character, and some sort of Eastern European terrorist. Let's see, Melissa McCarthy gets free fights her way back to where the deal is happening with Roseburn, Jude Law, and Bobby Cannavale and his guys. She manages to use her superior knowing things skills to just, yes. like, fucking dress down Cannavale, like, hey, your guy's flashing a Russian flag. That's stupid because the terrorist you're about to sell them to, sell these fucking nukes to hates Russians. And also, mm-hmm. I know everything about him. And he tends to double-cross people. You need me. And they're like, well, why would you betray the CIA? Also, who is in charge of hiring at the CIA because this is ridiculous. Yes. And she's like, well, I'm in love with him. So, you know, I'd do anything for him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, betray your country and kill millions? She's like, yeah. Yeah, and Rose Byrne's like, yeah, no, she is in love with her. Or she is in love with him. Yep. So, yep, I am I believe it. Let's, let's bring her onto the team. Mm-hmm, let's go. Which is great because, of course, Bobby Cannavale... Double crosses Rose Byrne and the terrorists, takes the diamonds and the nuclear weapon, starts shooting everybody. And mm-hmm. wouldn't you know it, Melissa McCarthy just fucking wrecks his guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. It was so fucking good. There's a scene, there's a moment where she grabs one guy's jaw, just like sticks her mm-hmm. hand oh, in yeah. his mouth, grabs his jaw, and just like slams him to the floor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She, upsetting. And Jude Law's just kind of watching it going, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jason Statham comes in to help, gets his coat caught on the door, falls down, and essentially knocks himself out for the next few minutes. And I think I think Melissa McCarthy actually quips, he means well, and then goes back to <laughs> yes. wrecking the guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Is she... Bobby Cannavale escapes with the nuke and the diamonds onto a helicopter, but don't worry, Melissa McCarthy runs, jumps onto the leg of the helicopter as it takes off. Then Jason Statham runs, jumps onto her. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
<laughs> almost pulls her off, then winds up falling. Yep. Into the water yeah. below. <laughs> Mill's mother gets up there. She punches him. She throws his diamonds and his nuclear weapon into the water. And then he's like, well, fuck you. And then he's going to kill her. But then he gets shot. <gasps> Where did that By come from? By who? Megan, who did that? Amber, it was Miranda Hart. Oh, shit. <laughs> Amber, she's in 50 Cent's uh, helicopter. She had to deputize 50 Cent's to use it. <laughs> because... Yeah, she met 50 cents before from this other thing. It doesn't super matter. Um, apparently, they're they're friends now, Amber. Yeah, she, she tackles him at a concert to distract from Melissa McCarthy's espionaging daring dues. And apparently that good, good tackle led to a fantastic relationship where he, he gave her access to his chopper. She got a sniper rifle and then shoots Bobby Cannavale, shouting, Woo! I just shot a man! And God, it felt so right and so me! <laughs> uh, yeah. But oh God, Bobby Cannavale's not dead! And he grabs onto Melissa McCarthy. But uh -huh. he grabs the ugly cupcake necklace. Yeah. With its adjustable toggle. <gasps> Chekhov's toggle, Amber! Melissa McCarthy releases the toggle, and Bobby Cannavale falls to his death in the water below. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was great. So great. Mm -hmm. Miranda Hart and 50 Cent clearly have a fantastic sexual relationship that 50 Cent is too super into. Yeah, it's fantastic. Rose Byrne is carted off to, I don't know, CIA jail. She starts ordering Melissa McCarthy around, and Melissa McCarthy's like, you understand that I don't actually work for you, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Rose Byrne's character's like, fuck you. And then they turn away from each other, and Melissa McCarthy turns around and she's like, hey, fuck you too. And Rose Byrne's character give this, like, small smile. Mm -hmm. I yeah. loved that moment. Yeah, it was very cute. Um, and Amber, uh, uh, Bradley Cooper has finally decided that... Oh, Bradley Cooper? Ha-ha! Ha-ha! No, I know. Yes. Uh-huh. I was making fun of you. Oh, I see. This was just more casual cruelty. Yeah, uh-huh. Carry on. I'll cry deeply. Uh-huh. Cry, 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 cry quietly uh in the corner. Okay, good. Um, he finally has realized what a great agent Melissa McCarthy is. And so he comes up to her and he asks her to dinner again, Amber. So she definitely falls for him and says, of course. A romantic dinner, just the two of them? He finally sees her for who she really is? Mm-hmm. And finally knows that, that her feelings for him are true? Right. Unfortunately, she already made plans to have dinner with her friend Miranda Hart, so she yep. blows bread. Mm. She throws Jude Law <laughs> off. Yes! You did it again? Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> God dang it. Oh, and of God. course, before we, we cut to the very end of what's what's mm -hmm. what's hippie happening, we have we have one more scene with Jason Statham. Right. I just Where? I just want to say I just love it that she blows Bradley Cooper off too. Um just like that's the best. That's 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 like what I felt like the spy who dumped me for me was missing. It's it's that right. moment of like, nah, this is about the female friendship. You get that, right? Like this isn't right. yeah. I don't suddenly have more value for myself because I found a good partner or the person that I, I find attractive finds me attractive or like it's with the spy who dumped me it, it circumvented it enough by kind of having Justin Throw not actually be the object of, of her affection and his his right. approval wasn't ultimately what anything hinged on. 
Right. But it still ended with her, her, you know, hooking up with the other dude. Right. Whereas this is, no, I'm good. I actually am enjoying my job and I'm going to go hang out with my friend who has stolen a case of beef jerky and uh, champagne from 50 Cent. So we're going to have dinner. Right. Yep, exactly. But yeah, we have one more scene with Jason Statham where she's like, oh, nice suit. Where'd you get it? Fucking made it, didn't I? (laughs) And then he's like, well... You know, sometimes a man needs to go to sea. So I'm going to take this ship and head up the coast. And he starts, gets onto the boat and just drives away. And Miranda Hart's like, he knows it's a lake, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he did not. He, he, he did not know that. He did not know that. No. And I would say that despite the very, very end scene of this movie, I it still counts as a, like, she... She turned Jude Law down and went off with mm-hmm. her friend. Right. Yes. And, oh, and Alice and Janie immediately gives her a new assignment because she did such a good job, despite yep. going rogue. So, yeah, um, after all of that, let's see, she uh, wakes up in a hotel room with cases mm-hmm. of champagne and beef jerky strewn about. And, uh, oh, she is not alone in bed. No. Nope. She wakes up to see Jason Statham beside her. She screams. And then Jason Statham's character says, oh, stop screaming. You loved it. <laughs> And then they snuggle. Yeah. It's kind of adorable. (laughs) And when she stops screaming, like, then there's another, like, semi-post-credit scene. When she Mm -hmm. stops screaming, he's like, you finished? Yeah. Round two? Yeah. Just don't do that thing with your thumb again. (laughs) (laughs) And it's clearly, like, somebody, it might have been Statham, like, dared her to say that. Because they clearly, like, break and start laughing. Like, it's meant to be an outtake. And there's just something so fucking charming about that scene where both of them are laughing their asses off. And Liz McCarthy's like, I can't believe I said that. (laughs) And Jason Statham's just laughing. Yep. Like, it is, like, I feel like they had such great actors as part of this. And and they, I feel like, did such a great comedic job. And they Mm -hmm. really seem to enjoy kind of lampooning their own past characters and themselves and just fucking around on the set of this surprisingly long action comedy yeah if if i was to say one thing i i it, it's two hours it's a full two hours long and it could have not been i feel like you could have eliminated quite a few things cut yeah. cut, cut down on some stuff not that like i enjoy this movie I'm, i don't find oh, myself sure. sitting there thinking okay let's move it along Right. But, you know, I would have taken a little bit less um, self-deprecation from Melissa McCarthy, and I would have taken a little less Aldo. Um, And, yeah, anyway. But besides that... I feel like the turn wouldn't have been as satisfying or possibly just as as aggressively comedic if we hadn't had those awkward scenes. Yeah. Of her, like, very clearly devaluing herself. Yeah. I guess I just could have taken less of it and still gotten the idea. Yeah, I, I don't disagree but, with that. I mean, but, I, I think eh, it, it did. Fun. It may have dwelled on it much longer than it had to, and that whole dinner scene was oh, still scene. so painful. Yeah, but I, I think there, there is there's definitely truth to that. Like you're a woman in a male dominated field, yeah, and you're plus size, and so you're going to be underestimated and kind of shuffled aside, even if you are super confident. And the more right. often you're treated like that, the more it just seems true. Mm-hmm. And kind of having the ability to go out and demonstrate to others, but mostly to yourself, that you actually can fucking do this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the turn is satisfying. You're right. There, there, there is some some lingering in 
in the awkwardness. Amber, would you say uh, about this movie that it was regrettable, outstanding, crazeballs, or K? What would I say about this movie? What do I fucking say about this movie? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wait, wait, what would I say, Megan? Don't say, mm-hmm, yep. You know what I'd well, say, but why are you making me do this? Because this is how it works. It's a segment, Amber. Oh, it's a segment. Is it? Mm-hmm. It's a segment that you forced on me, that you shoved down my throat every episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to answer you. I feel like I've been clear about my feelings about this movie, and I don't have to give it a grade. I hope you have an Abby story, because that's all I've got for you. <laughs> People like the, the, the consistency, Amber. Oh. What am I going to put on our spreadsheet if you don't answer my question? Oh, uh, because you actually know the answer already, so you can go ahead and fill out that spreadsheet. Okay, you thought this movie was regrettable. All right, well, I'll put it in. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna gainsay you. I'm standing by my refusal to be a part of the segment. I am taking a stand here okay. in episode. I don't know what. Mm-hmm, Sixty-eight. Uh huh. Do you have an Abby story? I do. Um, so when I went to visit uh, Abby this weekend, um, Abby was very, very excited uh, to see me. It was very cute. Um, and she ran out onto the, the lawn and she was saying, and, and like in the very three-year-old way of where they are just talking so fast and just saying whatever's coming to their mind, um, she said to me, I was waiting for you all day and uh, I went to school today and do you have any pumpkins at your house? <laughs> it's just like the, the like before anything else she needed to know if I had any pumpkins at my house Amber and it was funny because I actually had brought pumpkins down for them and then so we got the pumpkins out of the trunk and that was cute too. But did you have any pumpkins at your house? No because they were in my car. How did she feel about the fact that you had no pumpkins at your house? Um, she kind of um, didn't mind it because she had physical pumpkins in her hand. So she got over it. Do you have any pumpkins at your house? I'm, I'm glad she had such a healthy, logical reaction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but do you have uh, recommendations? Hmm. You know, instead of a recommendation, I'm going to tell a, a story from my childhood. Beautiful. Because, uh, I don't know, it being fat isn't easy, necessarily, you know? I'm just going to put that out there. I, I, I was always a chubby kid, and I was very self-conscious about that. Kids were not the nicest about it. As an adult, I've kind of felt that there was other, more serious, real-world consequences to being a fat person, <laughs> you know? Getting inferior medical care, not being believed, um finding it difficult to buy clothes, you know, mm-hmm. the fun yeah. things that you have to go through as a plus size slash fat human being in this world and mm-hmm. being a fat woman it has its own fun little problems. Extras, yeah. When I was a kid in elementary school, uh, it, it was a K through six school and then middle school and then high school. And so like when you were a sixth grader, you were just the tits. You were finally there. You finally made it. Mm-hmm. You were on top of the world. And there was a musical that all the sixth graders participated in at the end of the year. And I was in chorus and select chorus. And so, you know, I was probably one of the two best, like, female singers in the grade, according to my chorus teacher, not to me. And keeping in mind that this was a small school in Vermont, so there wasn't, like, a (laughs) ton of people to choose from. So I knew that I would most likely get one of the three female lead roles. Mm -hmm. So I looked at the play, and it was called Crazy Camp, spelled with two Ks. For reasons. For, makes it more whimsical, Amber. Oh, we do need whimsy. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I look through the cast of characters. You know, you've got Eve Honeycutt, the manager of Camp Pocahontas. She had the most speaking lines, but not the most mm-hmm. songs. Yeah, Camp Pocahontas, that's pretty good, too. Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You had Kate Milfloss. She had the most singing parts and, and the most solos. And, mm-hmm. you know, then, then you know, other campers, you know, a spoiled teenager played, it was Vivian Vandersnap, Hildegard von Fischbeck, the European counselor, and Smudge, the camp nurse, and Linda Biddle, romance on her mind. Cindy, a summer camper. <laughs> Sylvia, her friend. Uh-huh. Then <laughs> Joe, Larry, and Tarzan, refugees from the boys' camp on the other okay. side of the lake. Uh-huh. So these are, you know, you have these descriptions. You've got Jenny, the cook at camp, doesn't like complaints. So like there's small descriptions of these characters. And then one caught my eye when I was looking through this wondering which character I would want to be. Theodore Wolfswinkle, compulsive eater. Oh, good. So when I went to Mr. Hobbs to do my singing audition, our choral teacher, I said, please don't cast me as Theodore Wolfswinkle. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to play that part. Mm-hmm. I will play one of the smaller parts rather than play that part because it was like the right. third highest speaking and singing role. Sure. Please just don't cast me in that. Mm-hmm. Because the direction for that character was you're fat. Every time you come on stage, you have a different piece of food in your hand that you're eating. And Great. during the three acts, you become uh-huh. progressively fatter. So Good. every time I come on stage, they were going to stuff cotton down my shirt and my pants to make me fatter. Yeah, I mean, this sounds like, like comedy gold, Amber. Yeah. Comedy mm-hmm. gold, Megan. So I auditioned, and wouldn't you know it, they cast me as Theodore Wolf's Whistle. No shit. Now, weirdly, as, you know, a chubby and the only brown person in my grade and predominantly the entire school, because uh, mm-hmm. at that point my brother had moved on to middle school, really wasn't eager to be kind of a physical yeah. joke because mm-hmm. uh yeah kind of had already lived that truth so i went to the course teacher and i said you know i i don't think i really want to be part of the play if i have to play this and i was crying because i really did want to be part of the play yeah and then he guilted me because of course it was my duty to take the role because there just weren't singers who were strong enough to take the role and it was mm. it was one of the most important ones it, it was the comedic relief and there was just without me to do it the play just wouldn't be as good so i wound up doing the part and every time i walked on stage and i was fatter and fatter i didn't say anything and the crowd just erupted into just fucking laughs oh it's so funny just huh. She's getting fatter. Oh, she has more food. And the lines were just... Because I was stupid as well as fat. Well, but of course. Why wouldn't... Why? Yeah. But of course, they didn't have any of the makeup for somebody with my complexion. So I was also simultaneously in white face. Oh, no. This is so bad, Amber. All of these pieces <laughs> are... Like, I just... Like, my heart breaks for a little Amber crying to this jerko who's casting you as a comedic role for someone who gets fatter and fatter because for some reason that passes as a fucking joke and taking like one of the only singers and giving them like this role that's nothing and just being a person who walks on stage with food in their hands like that's just like what what a fucking heartbreak why do we do this to children like oh yep i was a fat girl sight gag yeah 
So I say this story because mm-hmm. that motherfucking shit obviously stuck with me. Yeah. It, it took me a very, very, very long time to ever have a sense that I could be fat and worth anything unless mm-hmm. unless I did something about being fat. Like I had to right. fix that and then people would take me seriously because obviously I until I fixed that, then I was like gross and I should apologize for my existence. And if I didn't, then mm-hmm. it's fine that I just take the role of like butt of the joke. So seeing something like Spy, even though mm-hmm. it is a ridiculous, gross out comedy, like... I still need to see that. I, I'm almost right? 40 years old and I still need to see that because I spent so many more years believing that my worth was tied to my weight mm-hmm. and believing that my appearance was also tied to what I deserved. Yeah. And so I still need to see that. Like I need to see different breast types and different people saying that right. I am proud of this and I feel confident about this and, and, and you should too. Like it's just nice to see the casual feminism and the casual plus size positivity and like self-affirmingness of a movie like this for sure absolutely like it wasn't they didn't call it out directly it just existed and and we need to see difference on the screen so that we can feel like our own differences are okay right yeah it's it's almost like representation matters in weird (laughs) movies tv politics jobs professions etc etc mm-hmm. and entertainment is one of those places that everybody turns to mm-hmm. yeah it's a great place to get people used to the world as it is and that is mm-hmm. a very varied place right yeah and it's better for it absolutely megan do you have a yes, recommendation Amber. I do. Um, well, and now, now, Amber, now I seem like the 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 cad who's just gonna recommend something dumb on Netflix instead of being, you know, very uh, eloquent and articulate about, you know, a very important and uh, upsetting part of my childhood and like just the way we treat people and about representation and. Um, I'm going to watch, I'm going to recommend this Netflix movie, Amber. <laughs> yeah, it's your you turn are... now. Turn the fucking tables. <laughs> Do know. it, Megan. Say something ridiculous after my heartfelt sharing of a sad little childhood moment, which really wasn't that sad. That's that, If that was the worst thing that had happened to be as a kid, uh, oh boy, well, my know. life would be so much better. Yeah. Well. Did I make it worse? You made it worse, Amber. Thanks. Great. Uh, hey, I recommend watching Enola Holmes on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I didn't catch that. What do you recommend? Enola Holmes. Oh, Enola it's, Holmes. Uh, yeah, it's the new one with um, Millie Bobby Brown, who's the the kid. She's eleven in um, Stranger Things, and uh, she plays uh, Sherlock Holmes's uh, youngest uh, sibling. Um. Yeah, so she's she she ends up being surprisingly kind of like Sherlock in terms of like being uh, observant and insightful. Um, and she's she def- defies the social norms of women in the era. Amber. Um, yeah, it's 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 a fun cast. Helen Bottom Carter plays the mom. Um, Henry Cavill is Sherlock Holmes, which amuses me. Um. <laughs> Because I was like, is that Henry Cavill? And I was like, no, that's not. That wouldn't be. He's not in it very much. And like, I 
guess I can't really recognize him. And then, uh, and then I looked it up. It's like, oh yeah, no, that is Campbell. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, I don't want to say too much about it except that uh, that it was it was fun. Um. I would I I would watch a, a part two. It, it here's the thing. I think it felt a lot like um it was going to be a uh, a series rather than a movie. Almost it had that feel to it. Almost. Um, and, and actually that's kind of what I thought it was at first and then it just kept going and I was like, oh, I guess, I guess this is a movie. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was enjoyable. It was an enjoyable romp that, um, you know, uh, got into some like, um, women's rights, uh, suffrage kind of stuff, but was mostly kind of just Holmesy finding out secrets kind of shit. Excellent. I I like mm-hmm. both of those things. Yeah. It is it is important to remember that much more recently than we like to think, women were really fucked mm-hmm. in yeah. a lot of ways. Like just uh, with the passing of RBG and kind of going over all of the things that she essentially helped give to all of us. Yeah. I'm just like, right, that's right. In the 70s, we couldn't have credit cards. That's right. I didn't. Uh Oh, God. Right. Couldn't get a mortgage. Couldn't like, yeah, no, there's just a lot that. Who? Certainly nice to be an independent person. Hmm. Yes. And also, I dig a good uh, Holmes romp. As as you know, Megan, Mm -hmm. and also listeners are deep in abiding love of elementary. Right, exactly. Excellent. Amber, um, we, we neglected to say two very, very important happy birthdays recently to our very, very important two listeners. Um, it was Michael's birthday first, and then not too long after that, it was Laurel's birthday. We do birthday happy shout birth- Yeah. Well, two are two listeners. I mean... We only got two of them, Amber. My brother's birthday was a few weeks back, too. And oh, we actually, shit. He, he's actually a pretty pretty solid listener as well. He's, he's, he's listening yeah. to all the episodes. I know. I I discount. I mean, and you know, I just count our brothers because oh, family doesn't count. Family doesn't count. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah Happy birthday let's... to uh, Michael and Laurel. We appreciate mm-hmm. you. Are yep. pretty much to... exclusive listeners. Yep. I think you know some people duck in and out who aren't family. Who are to our best non-related listeners. <laughs> yes, exactly. Happy birthday. Um, oh, and I will, uh, yes, absolutely. Happy birthday. Um, every once in a while, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that I think we have a Canadian and a, and a, and a German listener. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, it's fun to see p- folks pop up every so often on, uh, on our little, uh, our little, uh, download tracker. So, uh, hi everybody. Yeah. I don't know why you're listening, but I appreciate you and I hope that you get some enjoyment out of this. Yeah. And so long as we're saying all this, you know, um, rate and review us on iTunes. And also our Twitter is Bad Movies Rock and our uh, email is Bad Movies Rock Podcast at Gmail. Haha. Yeah. Suggest a movie. We may do it. You know, uh, recommend that we watch something else and see if it makes it into a recommendation section. You know, yeah. you do you. Interact at your level mm-hmm. or not at all. Because I yeah. kind of still feel more comfortable pretending that I'm just shouting into the void. Yeah, I, I was, I, um, I mean, not to spoil things, but I'm the one who runs our social media. 
poorly, um, <laughs> but better than Amber because the way that Amber sees tweets is we're on FaceTime together and I hold up my, I hold up my phone so she can see a tweet. I don't have the Twitter. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, pretty great. All right. Uh, hey, Amber, with that, I would like to just say um, when you see the rock coming... It hurts less. I that is not true. That let, let's run an experiment, Megan. Next time we're in the same physical location, Uh-oh. let's see. Does it hurt more when you see it coming or less when you see it coming? Mm. I think it just hurts because it's a rock that somebody is hitting you with. Hmm. Okay, bye, Amber. Bye, Megan. <laughs>